It's the same old story. It's been a long day at the job, or maybe it's just starting to feel long, and you feel that urge to stretch your legs and get a little bit of a break. You walk down the street, or maybe you get behind the wheel of your car, and you feel the weight begin to lift. You walk through the doors, and the sound of the place starts to clear the air. You get a table, you order your drink, you listen to the sounds of the bar, and soak in the conversation. Welcome to the TNE Speakeasy with your hosts, Michaela, Isaac, and Caleb. Listen in as they discuss the 1985 film Angel's Egg. We are once again covering the second film in our strange animation series, Angel's Egg. Yeah, this time we have Michaela on. We were hoping to have her on for Fantastic Planet, but our schedules just didn't fully line up. But here you are. So, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, those in between. We're here, and we're going to talk about an egg. Yes, definitely an egg. So, what's your favorite? What's what's your guys' favorite eggs? Um, super into quail's eggs, dude. Ah, okay, interesting. Yeah, in Filipino culture, they dip them in, like, a breading and fry them, so you're, like, biting into a bunch of fried quail's eggs. Pretty top tier. Caleb, yourself? Oh, I don't eat eggs. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've never been a fan. Sir, they're vegetarian-friendly. <laughs> uh, why don't you have them? Oh, but they're so gross. Why are they so gross? Uh, one, they smell terrible. They have a weird texture. They're, like... I mean... <laughs> Hardboileds do smell really bad, but like they taste pretty good, man. If you if you have if you get it the right way, like any way of cooking them, I think they smell just unusual. And they have that yolk. I can't stand mm-hmm. yolk in any texture. I can handle egg whites a little bit, but the yolk <laughs> makes my skin crawl. But how about you, Isaac? <laughs> oh man, um, free a- free range and or like uh, the yolk's got to be orange. It's those are like like oh those are so good and. As for like my favorite, I'd just say uh, uh, fried. Like just a normal fried egg wow. is like probably my favorite, especially because I get it to I get it uh, burnt to the point where it's almost bacon texture. Well, that's uh, yeah. I guess that uh, concludes the podcast about eggs. That's know. that. Now let's talk about the film. <laughs> um, wait, wait, wait. So I like how like Isaac definitely set up that question. For us to introduce angels eggs we just went off about eggs one of us one of us could have said oh my favorite egg is an angel's egg and then started the podcast. oh is it okay what do you well what, do you, <laughs> Kayla, what did you like about angel's egg <laughs> well let's let's yeah we'll hold on to that for a minute but first i wanted to ask if you guys had seen this movie before or had heard much about it going in uh starting with you uh, michaela <laughs> so my background coming into this film uh, as like a pretty big weeb is that it's been pretty regarded as like, you know, the inspiration to a lot of really good anime. So like, uh, I remember when I was watching Soul Eater, that was a big influence for it. Um, a lot of like, um, oh, Bleach, I think was also an inf- like, not no, Soul Eater was influenced from Angel's Egg. And the same thing from Bleach was influenced from Angel's Egg. And then obviously, because I play with a lot of gamer boys and girls out there, um, I play Bloodborne and Dark Souls. So 
that's like I've been told that Angel's Egg influenced a lot of the um, heavy gothic aesthetic or, or like this kind of like hopeless kind of like uh, tone that the game had. And I just never really watched it. I'd seen random clips of it on YouTube from like guys on like video essays and like this uh, really controversial guy from a video essay and he talked about it a bunch, but like I'd never really delved too deeply into it. Um, so really, I, I, when I watched it the other day and I did a rewatch today, I came in with like such little knowledge that it's it could could have been blind. I just knew it was kind of a big deal. Yeah, that's how it was when I saw it too. I didn't realize that it had all those influences. I just knew that it was the first uh, or one of the first Mamoru Oshii films, which is why I sought it out. But yeah, no, I'm not saying that it 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 had influence from any of the show. I'm saying it influenced a lot of media. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I didn't realize that it had all those tendrils years later, because I haven't seen almost any of the things you mentioned. So. <laughs> I'm not a big uh, anime TV watcher. I just mainly watch films, so mm, okay. I always miss those references. But how about you, Isaac? Well, um, to completely go on the opposite end, uh, I'm addicted to YouTube, and all of a sudden, one random day, Angel's Egg just pops into my uh, recommendations page. And um, was like, okay, I don't know what this is, uh, but that girl is giving me a striking image right now. She's she's giving me a glare, and I know that glare. That's a that's a glare of, of somebody who's seen seen stuff. So it's like I'm gonna put this in my watch later, and I haven't uh, never watched it until you said, "Hey, let's watch Angel's Egg." I'm like, "Yeah, okay, I know what that is, sort of." And then I watched it last night, and um, we'll get into it. We'll we'll get into it. Yes, we'll get into it. And I guess to get into it, like I did with uh, Fantastic Plan, I did write a summary for this one. But like I mentioned to you guys, I don't know how much value there was writing a summary. I just did it because that's what we did last time. I didn't really think about it too much until it's written. But... I mean, like I can do the I can do the uh, anime news network plot summary if you want. <laughs> <laughs> if you, if you want, yeah. If it's short, sure. Well, no, it is very short. It's not even. It's only <laughs> two sentences. But I want to hear yours first. All right, the summary. Our story takes place in a world existing in the wake of a global catastrophe. We follow a young, prepubescent girl as she travels through a large, mostly abandoned city with a mysterious egg that she holds protected under her dress, pressed against her belly as if she was pregnant. In her travels, she meets a young man who is seemingly part of a passing army, but takes an interest in her and joins her travels. He's older, and as they travel together, he ponders on the memories of what happened to the world and his place in it, and especially wonders about the contents of the girl's egg. She makes him promise not to harm the egg, but he doesn't listen and eventually breaks it open with a weapon that bears resemblance to a cross. And when he does, the city is seemingly overrun by water, and what remains of the people turns to stone, much like the supposed global flood that may have caused the end of the civilization. The girl shattered by the destruction of the egg, which she thought may bore the reincarnated dove from the biblical creation myth of the Great Flood, and she runs away from the ruined city to find the man. But instead of reaching him, she falls down a great chasm filled with water, encountering a reflection of herself but as an adult woman. And as she sinks below the depths, she exhales a last breath, and as the bubbles rise, they turn into eggs, which large roots raise up and suspend in the sky. And beyond this, our young man stands at the shores of a great ocean, watching as a giant ball-shaped ship rise out of the water, holding many statues, including that of the young girl and her egg, and they ascend towards the heavens as we end the enigmatic tale of Angel's Egg. So again, kind of a weird summary. It's very, uh, doesn't go into many of the details, but... I don't know how much the details of this movie actually affect the plot, so... 
plot is an interesting word to say. Um, exactly, yes. One of the things I was so surprised about you guys wanting to talk about this is that I knew that it was a very, very, very limited dialogue movie. And it's like over an hour. So everything really rests on the art and the animation and the tone. So I was like, what are we going to talk about? This is like, this is like talking about like someone flipping through an art book. Like, wow, I really like that page there. Wow, I really like, I really like the way that like, this page is next to this page. Like, I thought it was going to be very similar to the way that you talk about like a comic or like the layout of like something very visually art focused, because there's not really a ton of plot that we can talk about. I don't think so. Um, I'm going to try my best for sure, but that's that's coming into this podcast and coming into this recording. That's definitely what I thought. Yeah, and that was definitely something that I was thinking about rewatching it because I watched this maybe a year and a half ago, and when I started putting together a strange animation list, I was kind of like, uh, you know, should I rewatch this one? I like, I want to add it to the list, but I don't know if I should go back and see if there's a lot to talk about. But I ran out of time and I just decided, ah, screw it, I'll put this one on the list because I think it's worth talking about. But yeah, definitely a lot more thin than uh, Fantastic Plant, I think. But there's definitely lots of ideas in it. I just don't fully <laughs> grasp them. And so it, it feels like I have a lot less to say. Whereas Fantastic Planet, we had just tons, tons and tons of things to talk about. But you, Isaac, you feel a similar way? <laughs> well, here's the summaries that I uh, was going to say. So from oh, yeah. I IMDb, a mysterious young girl wanders a desolate otherworldly landscape carrying a large egg. Anime News Network, in a desolate and dark world full of shadows, lives one little girl who seems to do nothing but collect water in jars and protect a large egg she carries everywhere. A mysterious man enters her life, and they discuss the world around them. And finally, TV tropes. <laughs> Angel's Egg is a surreal 1985 animated film which uh, was directed by Mamoru Oshii and featured art designs by Yoshitaka Amano. The film centers around a young girl protecting an egg in an abandoned gothic city who meets a mysterious young man with a cross-shaped rifle. The rest is a bit hard to describe, but it's extremely beautiful nonetheless. Yeah, it's extremely beautiful, no doubt. From the first images, I think it, yeah, right away it's capturing you, just, just with how distinct the animation is. Which is another thing that it kind of shares with um, Fantastic Planet. Both of them, I think, feel very distinct with their look. Even other Oshi movies that I've seen, I feel like don't capture this style necessarily. Uh, do, you, do you guys feel similarly, or <laughs> so I don't? Maybe, maybe Mikhail, you've only seen uh, Ghost in the Shell, right? Yes, I'm not sure if I have watched more of his stuff. Not off the top of my head. Um, like I mean, I think all his works are like incredibly haunting and incredibly, I guess, stark and bleak. And like he does, like he does have like that um, penchant for gothic motifs. Because even in uh, Ghost in the Shell, with like. Um, I don't know. Do I have to preface this as like a as like a spoiler for Ghost in the Shell? It's been out for a while. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> Statutory of limitations. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um, like when the spoilers. Spoilers, I suppose. When she's like transferred into like a little doll's body, and like it's it's very feminine. I like it, it calls back to that idea of like a very of like a scary gothic like Lolita doll, and so like I feel like that permeates everything that like I've seen so far. 
I'm talking out of my ass here, that, that he even made into like a sci-fi kind of setting. And so when I saw this, I was just like, wow, this guy can go really deep into this fucking um, gothic kind of motif. So, sorry, did that answer the question? Oh, <laughs> uh, yes, yes. <laughs> In some ways. Yes. I was just more talking about the, the art style, I feel like. He hasn't quite emulated this kind of look necessarily, but I haven't seen everything he's done. Um, but you know, actually, everything that I've seen of him tends to have a pretty drastically different style. So maybe that's just kind of his thing. He likes the uh, very distinct animation for his films, but hmm. but lots of super like glowy images, like the hmm. really white hands at the beginning are really glowy, and yeah, all, like the stark like buildings and stuff, super just pretty landscape to set the movie in mm-hmm. there's all that use of water and as i've mentioned many times i love water on screen even animated water so <laughs> definitely capture my fancy in that way yeah for sure uh how about you isaac have you seen other stuff by the oh boy have i Ooh, okay this man is uh this man is something else okay. he's uh I have, like, I have a history so i've i've said this before when we did our Ghost in the Shell 2017 um, review uh, commentary, excuse me, that um, when I watched Ghost in the Shell 1995, I'm going to preference that, uh, I, I had an existential crisis. I literally had an existential crisis and could not like sleep for the night, or at least had a hard, hard time like coping with like what I had just seen on screen uh, and how like haunting it was. And like It was like one of the first times I'd ever really seen like a surreal film. Um, it's not fully surreal. I think this is more. <laughs> this is certainly a lot more surreal uh-huh. than '95 uh, is, but nonetheless, there was elements of '95 being uh, psychologically uh, a psychological thriller. Excuse me, and I was like, this is fascinating. Um, but all the questions it asked about like identity and existence, I was like, oh golly, this is this is my brain, my my, my still learning brain. I can't take this. This is I, ah, this is scary. And the next day at church, I, I felt a lot better. <laughs> kind of, kind of weird. Um, but it's funny because Oshi's actually uh, it's very, it's very, in- it's very interesting with what he is because he, um, well, apparently he uh, actually used to study uh, Christianity uh, as a kid. Mm-hmm. I did not know that. Yeah, big impact on this movie, and you can feel it like the little bit of tendrils in his other films, but. This one, I feel like, is the only one that's that's at like the core of the movie, and that's some of the bit that I feel like I don't fully grasp. Like I, it's there, but I'm not quite sure what he's saying with it, with all like the Noah stuff, and it's definitely an element that's very pervasive in the movie, and I'm not quite sure how it all connects. So, still thinking about it. Okay, well, I mean, I did, I did, I think that makes a lot of sense. Thanks for saying that, Isaac. Where it's like um, the motif of like a little girl and like. Uh, like I don't know, protective, protective man figure and trying to figure it out and having to rest like almost in the, in this desolate place. It's definitely not a garden Eden. But, uh, we can, we can definitely like make an argument that like, that's, that's something that they are somewhat of an Adam and Eve or like, and he has like a lot of, there's a lot of motifs that revolve around um, creation. Um, so that suddenly makes like a lot of sense. I also wonder if like, he just looked at a bunch of sad churches and was like, yeah, I'm going to chalk this movie full of sad looking churches. 
Yeah, it's interesting. I think we see the the arc a couple times, just um, or what could be the arc. Um, and I kept wondering, like, oh, why are we seeing this? And then by the end, I was like, oh, okay. And then even when we zoom out, and we see that the world is still kind of covered in flood, and there's just just one little slice of land, it's almost shaped like it could be like a ship. And so I was almost like, did the society build itself on the remnants of the ark or something? I mean, again, there's no real details, but I thought that was kind of an interesting idea. Mm. Yeah, for you, Isaac, because maybe you're closer to this stuff than, than I am. I haven't read the Bible a single inch of it since 2013, so <laughs> a lot of this stuff is pretty vague in my brain now. But did you see a lot of necessarily connections, like symbolic imagery and things that really connect to that that story? Or, Well, uh, another thing I would like to bring up is the fact that there is a... I think you probably know this filmmaker. There is a man, there is a man himself, um, because... When I watched this film, I knew it's one of those um, subjective films where it's just like, you don't know, like, even the creator himself doesn't know, like, what it's about. Um, mm-hmm. It's always just one of those, like, mis- it's not a mystery box thing, but it's one of those, like, um, mirror films, as I would call it, of, like, what, it, what you see in the mirror. And he just, I was looking mostly for influences when I when I came out of this film. I was like, okay. There is so much like influences and what the director was influenced by is what can at least not explain the plot, but at least understand like what his references and what their interests are. And there was one particular thing I at least found. Um, there is a one creator, Andre Tarkovsky. Mm-hmm. Does that yeah. name ring a bell there, yeah. Caleb and Michaela? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I just, uh, that's so funny you say that. Stalker was in my notes that this film kept making me think uh, of that movie. Ah, yes. So, <laughs> apparently, that's, uh, as a YouTube commenter once said, this is what would happen if Tarkovsky made an anime. It's interesting. So, I've not, I've not seen Tarkovsky. Tarkovsky. Tarkovsky, excuse me. Uh, it, this certainly makes me want to go and watch those films. The first thing I saw, the first, the first, not the first thing, but one, some of the images I saw. And what I what I felt in my brain, because my entire like throughout this entire like movie, I was like, you know, operating on three levels. I was operating emotionally, uh, intellectually, and then philosophically of like, okay, what is like, okay, what is, what is this girl gonna go through? Like, am I gonna get emotionally attached to her somehow? Um, what does all this mean? And not to say like, oh, this means nothing from the intellectual part of my brain. And then philosophically, it's like, okay, what is what is the symbolism? What is the metaphors? What are the allegories here? And I saw the Gothic architecture. I was moved. I was like, my goodness. How is... I would hope that Guillermo del Toro himself has seen this movie because, goodness gracious, this is something that he would uh, revere with high regards. Um, it's, oh, the Gothic architecture in this place magnificent my (laughs) goodness especially with all the shadows of the fish going across it some of that's just amazing looking oh beautiful beautiful stuff i literally thought like it it immediately brought to mind is like okay this is european like this is once again the as as north america is fascinated with japan japan is fascinated with europe uh you know (laughs) we always look to the east it's it's the, or the, the west we always look to the west in a way um and so they're influenced by that such i, I always love it when um, another culture maybe this is cultural appropriation i don't know but 
what another culture looks through the uh, looks and reinterprets another culture in their art. Mm. I, you could make an argument for that. This is cultural appropriation, but <laughs> I don't know if it's like inappropriate or not. But like, this is, this is some really cool stuff. Well, I mean, I think I, I think I can put an, uh, like a little bit of a comment on that. Where I think the uh, cultural appropriation that people have a problem with are like when a big superpower, like the Western he- hegemonic, like you know, people in terms yep. of Hollywood tried to co-op something that's much smaller and much more like, you know, a little bit more revered by, you know, people who are of a smaller ethnicity group or a, a woman or marginalized. So like very much so you can call every Bollywood film that tries to depict America as like New York and skateboarders and breakdancing. That's technically <laughs> cultural appropriation, but I don't think it's as gross. So in terms of like, uh, in terms of like uh, what we're seeing here, this idea of like Japan reimagining like Western motifs of uh, Catholicism and Gothic architecture and, um, you know, just, just lots of Western stuff. I, I'm i like a little unsure about where that lies. Cause like, it's not really like a, like a, like a hierarchy of anything like, oh yeah, Japan is like the smallest, like most minority, <laughs> most marginalized, like, sector of the world not at all but like in this case i think i think it's not gross and in fact it's one of those things where it's like very exploratory and respectful to the material while also providing a new perspective right i agree i agree fully yeah. with that yeah the emotional part of me was this this was a horror movie for me this was absolutely mm-hmm. a horror film and this is like this is like now one of my favorite horror films because Oh my goodness! Like this, there's there's a reason my name is called Nothing Is Scarier, because that's the trope. That's one of my favorite tropes, uh, where it's like nothing is scarier. And I had a whole like, co- like questioning that today of like, why is why why do I like this trope? Like, and I didn't understand it fully. I get it now. The and the music. Oh my. Yes. The music. Yeah, it sets the perfect mood music as as the um as the amphibian man would say in shape of water uh and how he put it uh this was not kenji kwai uh surprisingly which you know usually Mamoru oshi usually uh, pardon me would would frequently work with and only would do it with um he usually only does films with him hmm. uh in this case it was not it was uh yoshihiro kano um i don't know much about uh, him or whatnot he's probably done many many other things everybody go look him up but my goodness haunting is all heck like <laughs> such a good like oh he's taking he's taking um classical baroque music and uh, not even baroque um i don't even know if this if this is the, the enlightened period or the romantic period of uh <laughs> of of music in that in that 19th century point of view but like whatever um tarkovsky was using with um, his Eastern influences. Again, Oshi was probably like, I want to use this. And he made it, and the music built up the score. And there's some t- points where there is no music, and there's, again, just this, the scariness of this film. I was scared. Like, I was legitimately, like, on edge the entire time. I could not, I did not want to look away. I only looked away a few times, um, just to, I don't know, brain got distracted, but I didn't. Like check the time at all. I didn't check the timestamp. I didn't look at like the clock. I just focused solely. I didn't even turn the light on. Like, that's how like you know how 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 scared I was. Usually like I would have to turn the light on for for these scary movies. No, I was just like let me be scared for once. And boy, 
oh, I was, I was scared throughout the whole thing. And there was nothing. Think about it. There was, there was nothing that like stood out. Like there's no monster that like scared you or whatnot. Like, ah, it's there the whole time. It's the thought hmm. of like, oh, there could be something there. And your imagination goes, that's what, why, what's called nothing is scarier. Because the nothing, your imagination creates something in your head of like, what could happen? And that's, that's it right there. That's when it gets you. Yeah, one of my questions was going to be, what do you guys feel about the pacing? So it sounds like you were completely on board and you know, fully engaged all the way through. Yes, I'll let Michaela ask. Michaela, what did you think? What, what, were you engaged the entire time? Uh, e- either like this this watch or a previous watch. I mean, okay, so I'm not. I watched it only yesterday, the first time, and then I watched it again during only uh, yesterday. A good film. Also a good film, correct? Um, <laughs> but I don't know, like. I do agree that the pacing had so much to do with like how spooky the film was and how ghostly and and how haunting it was. I mean, again, I think that's why. Oh man, I feel I feel like such an asshole because I feel like you're talking it up to the high heavens, and I'm like, I think I'm used to a more fast-paced animation style or a more fast-paced like directed film, if that makes sense. When it comes to like very heavily animated like a like a very like a full animation and Mm so i mean i'm not gonna i'm not gonna say like oh no like it should have been like a faster piece or anything because i do think that the tone was appropriate did i not did i like did my eyes kind of glaze over a couple of times because like i'm looking at i don't really like consider the plot or like anything uh when i'm watching this film and i'm just looking at like the pretty pictures and i'm like oh that's beautiful the composition and like the way that like she's drinking the red ichor out of this glass bottle or or like you know how the soldiers like holding the egg to her and like he says a line like i would imagine those parts are what, what, where my ears perked up and there were certain like pictures almost my mind were taking of of those mm-hmm. moments but would i say that i was enraptured for every second like you were most likely not like i remember there was like a scene where she's like coming out of like a like an archway um out of and it's like full of purples and blacks and blues and like she's like this very starkly white um kind of focal point and that's what i remembered i was just like i i don't remember what happened before this where did she come from i kind of forgot um so I, i'm gonna be like this point of like slight antagonism to isaac here mm. yeah and, and i was more curious because i think on my first viewing i was more in the isaac camp mm. and my second viewing earlier today um, I was still absolutely enjoying it a ton, but I started to be like, okay, I could see, you know, there's no dialogue. This pacing is definitely quite slow. It really wants you to settle in. And I was thinking that I would probably be more engaged if I was watching it in a theater, whereas mm. watching it at home, there's so many chances for distraction. So I think it's, yeah, definitely one that, you know, you have to be in the right mindset to kind of get in the mood for. And it sounds like Isaac, you were all there, which is great. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I agree with you that this should have been a theater experience. Um, yeah, just oh, the, everything is the, especially especially where they set up with the men. The men they show up and they have you don't even know what they look like. You're questioning like what's what what's with the large poles and the and the ropes? What is this? Is this oh. this this looks something? This is so weird. And then they're they're chasing fish. They're chasing shadows of fish. Um, it's a specific kind of fish as well. I'll I'll look it up. Uh, I I know I have it somewhere here, but like, oh my goodness, it's ah, it's she she goes into the cathedral and then well first they set up that they're like 
throwing these these harpoons, hooks, whatever you want to call it, um, everywhere. They're going crazy. They're they're going nuts. It's like they're 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 blind firing. You know, there's, there's guns blazing, and it goes. We actually see it go through a window. Um, and so I was like, oh my, wait a minute, rule of three. So we get we didn't see we don't see it through a window. We see it go through a window. I'm like, she goes up to the stained glass window. I'm like, is what I think is about to happen going to happen? Where she gets impaled by a harpoon. It did not happen, mm. but it could have happened. It certainly made me think about it. Yeah, and for whatever reason, I feel like there's something about those fishermen chasing like the ghosts of these fish. I feel like maybe that holds some key to the movie in some way. Like just figuring out what that puzzle means will maybe help, you know, kind of open up the gates to the understanding the rest of the movie. There's something just very intriguing about, yeah, these people kind of stuck in this like dead world chasing after this memory of what they used to have i don't know i can't uh can't quite get there but it's super cool i love that sequence and the music's super scary and yeah really really pretty stuff and plus I, again my attachment to water i just i always love seeing marine animals on screen and those shadows just yeah super gorgeous love all that stuff really cool contrast against the yeah the very old school gothic looking city mm -hmm. yeah and there's fish iconography all over the movie it's like a lot of like even the gun that that one guy holds a couple times it almost looks like it has like a fish head on the end yes i think i know what you mean and there's some gargoyles as well who may or may not have fish heads as well yeah and another one that really was puzzling me was the whole jar thing there's so mm. many fucking jars in this movie and i was like okay yes. i'm really i have no idea what the jar is supposed to symbolize at all she loves water she loves drinking water i'm like this is this this means something <laughs> Well, there's that whole bit when we go to, like, that, like, graveyard place, like, under the city. And the whole place is just lined with the bottles. All the walls lined with them. Oh, that mausoleum, almost. Yeah, mausoleum. Yeah, and that's when I really started to be like, okay, I, I, I need to figure out what these bottles mean, but I just couldn't... By the end of it, I just had no clue at all, so... Mm -hmm. And lots of things like that with this movie. It's definitely very, very mystifying. A lot of the more abstract movies that I watch, I feel like they include more clues for you to try to be like, okay, here's, if you're not fully following it, let me put this one little moment in to kind of give you a little bit of an inkling of what's happening. This movie, yeah, super duper abstract. Very difficult to uh, get a grasp on. Mm -hmm. At least for me. Oh, but for you, Isaac, I have this in my notes. Did you think at all about Tetsuo the Iron Man watching this? <laughs> not at all. That's funny. Oh, okay. my, that, that film's almost left my brain. Uh, okay. Not because again, I thought it was like a horror movie at first, and it turns out to sort of be a black comedy movie, which is more hilarious, I'd yeah. say. Um, but I I see what you mean. I get I, I get where you're coming from. Um, but no, I not no, I didn't think of that. Where, where are you going with this? Or is it just like, did you want me to bounce off bounce off that idea? I was just curious if if you thought that maybe this was an influence on that movie. Because I, multiple times in the beginning of the movie, when we were seeing more like the technological side of things, like that big, uh, oh, I see, like spaceship. Yes, the that stuff was making me think of that a lot. Yeah, the arc. Well, the first thing I more thought of was Mobius. Like the first shot where we just see all those like antennae, uh, and he's behind the boys behind like or yeah in front of these antennae. I was just like, I, I, I just thought of Mobius. I was like, this seems like something out of Mo that Mobius would do. And as for the arc, um, 
what was what was the, I mean there's a, a, the first thing that sort of came to me was like wow that is a beautifully designed like spaceship slash like hover device I actually thought a steam boy if I know but yeah I thought a steam boy initially uh, of that just because of how like I was like oh so that's where Otomo got a uh, steam boy from <laughs> or the big steam castles he used me at the very end of it yeah, I don't know if you saw this but I was thinking of that big ship in heavy metal which has a very similar bottom part I thought of that too I was like oh Caleb's gonna talk about the heavy metal ship isn't he of course I always had to bring up heavy metal it's a little bit of a meme for me <laughs> <laughs> Also, what did you guys think about the the concept of the whatever that guy was with his cross sword? That was another one where I felt like, okay, I mean, clearly this is a this isn't a real character necessarily. He's a symbolic character. What is he supposed to represent? And I don't know. <laughs> you guys have any any ideas? Mikhail, I'll let you go first. No, no, sure. Isaac. I insist you go first. <laughs> I've been talking for a while, okay? I gotta give you the floor here. The mic is yours. Well, okay, here's the thing. This is why I feel bad. Because the entire time I was watching this movie, I did have, like, a notebook in hand being like, oh, yeah, these are points I'm gonna write. And I remember being, like, super engrossed in the beginning of it. Um, and then afterwards, it was just, wow, this is just Bloodborne. Wow, this is just Dark Souls. Wow, this is just Bloodborne. <laughs> and then I have, like, Bloodborne, like, circled, like, three times, like, underneath my... <laughs> I have, like, I have, like, no, no concept. So, like, when you said, like, guy with, like, a cross sword, I, I don't, I I was like, oh, man, this guy surely represents something, but, like, this is so Bloodborne right now. This is, like, mad Bloodborne. So, like, I, <laughs> I want to, like, I want to, like, be uh, conducive to, like, conversation and, and, and you know, this meaningful discussion of this film. I just thought this film looked rat as fuck. I thought it. I thought it looked. I looked, it looked, thought it looked really cool. Which is why I was like, "Oh man, are we gonna talk about real plot line here?" Because like, <laughs> I thought it was going to be so tough. But like, I guess I guess we are. Um, that's why I want you to go first, Isaac. All so right. I no, that's fair. You've made it. You've made your statement clear, and I accept that. So <laughs> thank you for doing that. Uh, let's see. So, okay, is this Jesus Christ? Um, probably not. So it's Christian yeah. imagery. Christian, so it's not it's most probably most likely Catholicism. I tell Protestantism is in Japan. I have no idea. Who knows? But <laughs> I think let's so. see. So it's Christian imagery, yet they're talking about Noah. Um, but I will just quickly interrupt. Please do. It's very much a like its own take on the Ark. Like this oh, is not course. the story from the Bible, which just makes it a little more interesting. That's why I'm only okay. He mentions it so i use that as a as a backstory I mean, not backstory but I, I use this i use that as like a point of like okay so yeah. he's using that so i'm gonna go off of like okay as you mentioned is this a world that was built after the flood is this like the flood is still within the memories of people um it's cool i love i love that idea uh again it's all subjective so you know it's our interpretations and what we project onto it um but the guy he seems to certainly be a collector of souls in this world. Um, he <laughs> he <laughs> certainly looks like Virgil from uh, Devil May Cry. Mm -hmm. uh, he's got the white hair. He's got a blue motif. Uh, he doesn't. <laughs> now I want the next Devil May Cry. If, if Virgil is in that one, I want him to have a crossed uh, a cross gun. By the way, it was a. It looked more. It was like a. Is it almost a blade? Like it was almost a sword. 
but it was also like a gun at the same time like the fish barrel mm-hmm. kind of had there so i was like okay is he like is is it an overhead thing where it's like a rocket launcher where he like puts it over his shoulder <laughs> and then fires it's bloodborne as fuck that's really all i have on my again computer. i'm so glad i haven't played bloodborne because like <laughs> even though i want to but it's just like i'm gonna i'm gonna wait because i know everybody loves the heck out of it uh, trust me, I know why. It's a good game. I've never heard of it. <laughs> it's it's like gothic plus Lovecraft plus Dark Souls. Interesting. So you'd probably like it, Caleb, but it's also hard as all heck. Yeah, it's a very it's it's a, it's hard, but like I think that's the appeal. That's the point. Is uh, you gotta get good at it. Um, I'll play it. Are you excited for Elden Ring? By the way, I am. I pre-ordered it with my friend. Oh, very nice. Um, that's coming out this year, correct? Yes. Coming out soon. Anyway, sorry. Back to back to discussion. Um, it looks like he's he's this lone wanderer almost, and he's looking for people. He's he's obviously at least what I'm projecting, what I'm what I'm, my my interpretation is he's looking for people. Now, what those tanks slash tread mobile mo- mobile vehicles, whatever you want to call it, were doing, who knows? Were they automated? Were they powered by spirits? Were they powered by as well? I don't know. He just hitched a ride. I don't know. He fast travels. And he's looking for people. Does he sense her in the beginning? I mean, there's also the egg itself, like the, the bird inside there. Uh, we see the, the bird in the beginning. I was like, okay, what's, what's coming? Where, where, where are we going with this? Um, is he like the... It, let's see, because I also thought of like Revelations as well. I was thinking of the book of Revelations. I don't know it fully. By the way, apparently they use the King James version of the Bible uh, in this one. Uh, some of the quotes are King James, just, just letting you know. It's fair. Um, I read this online. Don't worry. Um, so is he like the last angel bringing people uh, from the earth to heaven? And that's the, the ark and or the heaven is that. Or is this, yeah, a reinterpretation of Noah's ark? Um, and there's no two sets of animals anywhere, which we don't even see any animals. Uh, which I was waiting for any animals to come by. Yeah, yeah he could be almost anything. Caleb, what do you think? Yeah, you, you're bringing up some things that I was thinking about with him. I kind of got the sense that maybe he's supposed to represent like a fallen man who's kind of lapsed from his... Uh, I see. ...his connection to God. I mean, he's got that cross around, which I'm not exactly sure what's that supposed to represent. Your bigger cross. Uh, the idea is, you know, get... You, everybody has a cross and jesus is the one that takes the cross away that's why he died so that none of us can be on the we, we don't have to carry our own crosses but yeah we get a lot of tree imagery in this one and i almost feel like the egg especially once he destroys it is supposed to be kind of like man and he's so curious all the time like what's in that egg so it becomes like this like piece of knowledge that he has to have so when he destroys it it almost feels like adam you know biting into the apple kind of thing mm, i see but like the fallen man aspect, like he remembers what it was like in some ways. Like there's like a piece from that still remembers the time before the, the fall. But again, it's it feels like vague ideas. I can't quite connect it all. But there's something that in there that feels like a man who used to have his connection to a god or a higher existence. And now he's kind of stuck in like this, I don't know, like a fugue state or kind of lost his uh, life force or something. I don't know. Yes. I see what you mean. Yes, no, that's that's pretty funny because, um, as I mentioned before, um, Mamoru Ushi himself um, was, again, practicing Christianity. He doesn't say whether it was Catholicism or not. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but there's a there's a fan theory that has persisted since '85 that states that potentially this film is mostly about how he lost his uh, faith. Again, read between the lines or whatnot, but he loses his faith in film, and therefore afterwards he makes a film that kind of sees this person as like lost in a way and searching for something. And apparently he stated that something happened. He doesn't say what it was, but he said something happened that caused him to um, abandon his teachings. Hopefully violations of his body against his will didn't happen oh, to no. occur, because that would... I'm not going to go into anything into that. I hope that wasn't it, uh, but... He didn't mention the Catholic Church, but... I Again, just Christian seminary. Doesn't mean it was Catholicism. Most likely it probably was, but I, I don't know fully. It's an, the, the, Basically, the film is an allegory for his lost faith. It's interesting. Read as we will. That's that's just that's just an idea thrown out there. That's again. I looked for background information, not so much fan explanations, because there were there were so, there were a lot of fan explanations, and um, at least two that I saw on TV tropes, but I chose not to read any of them. I was like, nope. Yes, <laughs> I was tempted. I don't want to. I, I. Yeah, but I know that we usually, yeah, usually we try to come in pretty fresh for these, so I held off. But I was definitely tempted because I was like, oh, I feel so. Like kind of lost in this movie, I uh, and I wasn't sure what I was gonna say, so I thought maybe that would help. But personally speaking, I didn't even I don't even want to like I, I I'll go to the grave not knowing what those uh, those people's opinions are, uh, unless we have a like a legit discussion like we are here. Uh, just like no, I want to hear what other people's opinions are, but I'd rather hear it in person. Like, all right, what's your take on this? Because uh, I just ah oh, I can't wait to watch this again, but I wanna I wanna give it some time because. Mm -hmm. I, and then and then then rewatch it. Yeah, well, since the scene is just happening on screen for me, curious what you guys think about that whole the fishermen just kind of stuck in like their lost pursuit of chasing the fish and how do you, what do you guys think of that element? You know something? What's what's more what's more of a question that people should ask? Uh, at least for you, Caleb. Do you want to know? Ever want to know what the what's up with the uh, or, or what the mes the meaning of the beakers and the jars are in this film, or do you want to know the seashells on the toilet rolls or whatever it is in uh, Demolition Man? <laughs> Demolition Man, what? <laughs> I don't understand the comparison. What 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 is it? Where's this coming from? <laughs> it's just because like the seashells are there, and people have asked for years about like why is what's the purpose of the seashells in the bathroom. Uh, maybe it wasn't on the toilet rolls, but it was just like, yeah, what are the... So I'm just like, which is more fascinating to you? Or which was the one you want to know more about? Uh, definitely this one. Yeah, the seashells and Demolition Man, I feel like, are more of a strange uh, joke. So, Ah, <laughs> uh, an inside joke, as you say. Yeah, I appreciate that being left a mystery. I don't need them to uh, yeah, explain how they use that as toilet paper. I definitely don't want yeah, those details. So, Too much information. Oh, but yeah, the fishermen, guys. I'm very curious about them. So, they are hunting coelocanth. Uh, yes, the Latin word for that is Latimira calume. Meaning gramma fish. Really? <laughs> no, I just I just like saying gramma. <laughs> Someone's being funny, huh? <laughs> I just like grammas. They're nice. <laughs> but um, Yes, they are. Well, it depend, depends on the gramma. Depends on the gramma, exactly. If we were watching... Uh, little girl lost today then we would see a bad grandma 
but we're watching Eef. Speed Demon instead. So, what about Bad Grandpa? Oh God, well. <laughs> but yeah, so I, 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 again, I think the the fisherman scene was one of those ones that really stood out for me the first time I watched it, just because it felt like I didn't necessarily see this movie as a horror movie the same way that you do, Isaac. But that scene definitely stood out as like, okay, this is a lot more intense and. I don't know where this is coming from, but it felt super impactful to me both times I watched it that moment. Interesting. That didn't so much scare me as much. It was mostly the scenes of her wandering around alone. That's what hmm. got to me. Those ones actually gave me a sense of like, oh, people. Okay, there's there's a bunch of these guys. Even though they're probably like dead ghosts, whatever you want to call them, because they actually look translucent. Um, and they're hunting... Hmm. They're... Um, you can easily go to like Moby Dick. They're 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 hunting a impossible quest, whatever it's called. Um, they're they're after something impossible. They're going after gold or something like that. Um, I I just felt a sense of either familiarity or it's like okay, we see people. Um, I'm I'm happy for for to <laughs> I feel comfort in a way. Um, but it's not exactly what happens, and they're starting to like you know find these fish again anything could mean something like that it's like a cat trying to uh paw at its shadow or at fish behind glass yeah and i was thinking about because they do mention in this world that you know like in the noah story they were waiting on the ark for the dove to come back and tell them that it found land in this story the dove never came and they were just kind of stuck in this i don't know like purgatory or something so there's something about people just, you know, trying to chase after what they used to have and never being able to recapture it. Kind of mm -hmm. ties into the fact they lost this world, but but I feel like there's some more outside meaning out of, outside of the plot that I'm that I'm missing that I wish that I could figure out. Same with the jars. I'm seeing all the jars right now on screen. It's, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Catholic people just love jars. They just love collecting all the jars and just keeping stuff in jars and drinking from jars. That's all they do. Putting pennies in them. Yeah, but these were beakers more than they were jars. Filling it with pennies. Yeah. And the bleaker thing, actually, that was what was making me think of Stalker. There's a lot of uh, bleakers in that movie. That mm. uh, Andre, uh, I forget how to say his name now. Tarkovsky. <laughs> Tarkovsky, thank you. I, I keep wanting to say Tartakovsky, but that's not. So. <laughs> <laughs> Completely different guy. <laughs> did, we, did we talk about the Fisher of Men idea? Like, there is that idea of, uh, like, uh, and I'm assuming this is because now oh, someone's yeah. saying and like the bible is rattling around my brain jesus called his disciples the fisher of men the yes so there's like a big one there and i mean if, that thank you yeah no problem that's what i'm here for to bounce off of but like also um the idea of and i'm trying to marry that with the idea that they are these old fish i'm not going to pronounce it or maybe i will colacanth coelacanth coelacanth Yes. Okay. Um, and that has something to do maybe with this idea of like capturing something primordial, something lost and something that doesn't exist anymore, but has and is incredibly powerful. And with the idea of that, along with like the ending of the film, can I say this? It's not a spoiler mm -hmm. if I say this. Yeah, no, 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 this is yeah. fine. This is no statue of libertation. Like, hopefully people have watched this before we talk about it. Yeah. Or just like... What are they even talking about? Listen, you got to go watch this. You you must go see this to make sense of it. I mean, at the end when it zooms out and does that big zoom from like um, the whole thing, looking like the bottom of a boat of like an overturned boat, 
um, then like I think that's definitely trying to call back to like um, like a reclamation of wanting to go back to almost like a former glory of like of like a, of a previous greater thriving time, if that makes sense. Nostalgia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that. Chasing the winds, recreating the past. Yeah, like the like the fisherman chasing fish that no longer exists. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Yeah. Absolutely. That will be my one comment that isn't bloodborne for sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's true. I should. Ah, dang, I should have thought of that. But no, that's good that you thought of that because I. Yeah, fisher. I will make you fisherman. Oh, again, they're all kind of symbols on their way. So, oh, I was going to also ask. So the symbol of the egg, you know, he's constantly curious what's what's in this egg. And eventually they get to that mausoleum place. And he's like, they come across a big tapestry. And he's like, I remember this. I remember there was this tree that came up and it grew so tall. And then it captured this, this bird that was in a giant egg. And we saw that bird at the beginning of the movie. Yeah, what do you guys think of that one? Because we, we see a kind of a skeleton of the what was supposedly the dove, which looks more like an angel. But that uh, first egg that we see definitely didn't, didn't look like an angel. It looked just twisted and, I don't know what, a little fucked up. Well, but. I'd say that's actually what, like, birds, avian species, actually look like when inside an egg. So it was almost in, in not an embryonic state, but certainly in a birthing state um, of, it, of it starting to grow before it uh, hatches from the egg. Mm. Um, like it was haunting. Don't get me wrong, but I was like, no, this is kind of what birds look like on the inside of an egg. Yeah, no, that's that's fair. And we do see that more of them show up in the end after. Uh... Also, the the obvious comparison I was gonna make with a girl at least is that she looks like one of the children from Akira. Oh, I forget her name. Uh, the one who's bedridden and has prophetic dreams. It kind of looks like her in a way. But uh, it's funny. I think that when he mentioned the tree. First off, Ghost in the Shell has that tree in it where the you know, the tank shoots at Multico and then mm. goes up like the the, 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 the Hominus tree and ends on Hominus, which is you know our species. Um, somebody made an argument and I was like, okay, I gotta at least point this out. It's like, is it about nuclear war? I'm like, oh, wait a minute. From the ground, it takes everything from the ground and then it like shoots up. Um, and like scatters everything everywhere. I'm like, oh, a nuclear blast. Okay, <laughs> I can see where you got that from. Oh, for this film, or the like when he mentioned the tree, like that whole tree speech. He's like, oh, it's nuclear bombs. I'm like, oh, I see. That's not saying that's what it is. I'm just saying like somebody interpreted that as like, oh, the nuclear, uh, nuclear arms race. I'm like, it's interesting. Okay, yeah, there's like the sound in the clouds and mm-hmm. yeah, and everything changed. Hmm. Yep. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, it's a good interpretation, I'll say that. But um, trumpets sounding, going to heaven potentially, like he- like the gates of heaven opening and hearing sounds from it. I, maybe not. Love the pal- color palette of this whole movie as well. As Michaela mentioned, that jar of whatever it was, I thought it was jam, personally speaking. <laughs> um, but I, I, I like that scene of just that red there. I'm like, which is apparently another thing that. Uh, Oshi does. We likes young girls um, with color with with, jar, with with color red in the background. It's like, oh, okay, that's that's fair. Oh, one one source uh, or one of his tropes that you didn't see is basset hounds. There are no oh, basset yeah. hounds in this, <laughs> unfortunately. Sad. Yeah, no animals at all except for people. Yeah, that's pretty much all it was. 
Yeah, so the, the with the egg. Yeah, I thought we were gonna see an uh, an uh, a dove at some point. We did not, except for that beginning part. Uh, and then I also like the fact that the way the eggs came in the back, like at the end after they, um, well, it was even before that, right? Because she, mm -hmm. the this, the break happens, and I'll get to that eventually. The break happens, and then she runs out of the mausoleum towards the man, and then. In the background, you either they were there the whole time, or you didn't. They, they didn't go there until now. You all of a sudden, and they're part. They're not like animated. They're drawn in the background. You all of a sudden see like these eggs coming up from these buildings. I'm like, were those there the whole time, or were those not? Because then after she falls in the water, uh, and produces more eggs, which, I mean, that could be, uh, that 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 could be taken as in a lewd sense. <laughs> oh. There, like she releases all her eggs it's like uh i think the egg that we see was the the original egg the one that the like trees brought up you you said when she's running i thought we just saw that one egg uh I th okay maybe i thought there was more but maybe i'm wrong on that there's uh like rocks with bigger rocks on top that kind of present a similar image but they're not eggs they're just uh stack rocks potentially but, yeah then she falls through the chasm so yeah, hmm, yeah, yeah. She was another one. I, I was because I had an idea of what the man could symbolize. Her, I wasn't too sure. We have this kind of yeah. Clearly, she didn't. You know, she's not pregnant, but she looks pregnant as she runs around. She's mm -hmm. this prepubescent child. So there's that mm -hmm. element of you know innocence to her. And yeah, then we get that bit where she sees a mirror reflection of herself as a woman, and then she dies and produces all those eggs. So I. I yeah, I'm not quite sure what's what's going on there yet. <laughs> to percolate. So I didn't, I, unless I'm remembering it wrong, I didn't think she was a woman in that scene. I was like, oh, I was shocked when you said that. I was like, I didn't see that at all. Yeah, she is. She even starts touching her like stomach where the egg would be, and then she reaches yep. her hand up, and she has breasts now, and she's yeah, she looks a lot older. Yeah, I thought that was just her underwater like the whole time. Cause she falls underwater i'm like what a gorgeous scene like what an absolute gorgeous scene that i could see where uh oh she got for or put he, he he subtly put that in ghost in the shell very funny of him to do that but yeah are you watching it obviously very different but like are you watching in the, the background no i'm not oh yeah because i'm just watching that scene and it came right after the egg one that i was just talking about and yeah very very much as a, a woman version of herself wow okay i i thought it was just her underwater and it like i i did mention i, I was like okay so her shirt kind of looks like it's but it's floating so it looks like she's in zero z g so her 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 shirt is like because it's already long and well, long but it's it's already like loose enough to like kind of again float with with air bubbles or something like that so it looks like it's breast but it's not i'm like that's clever that's that's really clever but it turns out it actually is it's like oh okay yeah, I guess it's like a reflection of her, yeah, her more innocent self, and then her, I, yeah, I don't know. This, this is a, her element, is definitely one that I don't have any sort of reading on. It's yeah, and then when we see her leaving with the rest of the statues, with the the egg in front of her, still as a child. So it's yeah, I'm as very much lost on her as a statue. Yes. I mean, like the whole argument of of like like how does how are we supposed to see the girl um, like when we see her like with all of this like fertility imagery and like you know her being like birthing essentially the next um i don't know 
what would you even say? What is she birthing? I have no idea. The next civilization? The next, what's her progeny? I have no clue. But like, I think this, this is like one aspect. Again, we can call back to our conversation around or a couple sentences around the fact that Oshi really likes using Catholic imagery and tries to um, re-spin it through a different perspective. So, I mean, I think looking too much into it and taking it literally is missing the point of what he's trying to do. Um, where it's just like, nope, this is just a lot of imagery that's making your brain like dance around a lot. And like, there's definitely lights flashing around and synapses <laughs> happening, but no, this is just genuinely just like what's happening. And I'm not sure if there's supposed to be any literal me metaphor in terms of like this story. So those are gonna, that's going to be my two cents on it. I, I don't think, I think it is just genuinely, and, and this is why I was like, how are we going to talk about it? Because it's like an art book. There's a lot of like connotations and ideas and concepts. I'm just not sure if they're coherent enough to actually form metaphor and plot. Yeah, some of it definitely does feel super duper loose. And like I said, I feel like a lot of surrealist films, there's usually some like moment of revelation, even if you don't get it necessarily. You're like, oh, now I get that there's something here that I'm missing. I feel that with some aspects of this movie and other aspects just feel so vague like the uh like that giant bird and the egg that we saw in the beginning mm -hmm. like maybe if i understood the connection of the little girl and her egg maybe i'd get it but i don't know everything feels so tenuous mm -hmm. but definitely some sort of spiritual uh story being told here just yeah hidden very well <laughs> uh when i opened the movie i again took everything literally at least for now it's just to make connections and set keep things in mind for later we see the bird, then we see the man, cross-bearing man, then we see the girl and the egg. So I was like, okay. My brain's like, okay, that's the same egg from the beginning. And she wakes up. And she goes out into the world, and then she just goes on her journey. Without saying anything but the haunting music in the background to bring, bring us to wherever. And so I, I'm like... Is this a quest she's going on? Is this a quest she's been going on for a long time? Or I'm just like, I'm wondering, like, the intellect, like, and the intellectual part of me is like, okay, what's the story here? I know this is an art film, it's a real film, so it's, it's, it's abstract. It's not going to mean anything, but I'm just like, is there a story here? Um, and I was just like, okay, is this like a big grand quest she's going on? And, you know, it's just her kind of just finding a place to squat and settle down i guess maybe she came down on that ship that lands at the start of the movie it lands in the water she spends so much of her time just just staring into the water looking at her not even her reflection just staring into it yep and then her final end is in the water and then she leaves eventually with that ship in stone I see so maybe the angel's egg title is more literal maybe she is supposed to be some sort of you know this this person bringing innocence back into the world and then man once again kind of destroys it with his own curiosity and need for, uh, I don't know what, <laughs> satisfied Is she an angel herself, and is that her egg? Or does she have an angel's egg, and she's taking it somewhere? That was what I, or is what is inside, hmm. not the dove, but an angel itself? That was my question. Hmm. Especially, and, and the fact that it gives her hope. The fact that every time she, uh, or at least she, she, something's guiding her through this world and getting her through this place. And the fact that she always puts the egg to her ear and hears the sky. She can hear the sky. She can hear. I forget if she could. She said she hear the birds singing. 
like it gives her like such a ideal amount of hope which is like for this world that 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 is saying something mm. and of course man has to snuff it out again as as his want to do <laughs> so but yeah i think i've gone through most of my notes isaac i'm not sure if you have a ton more oh i've got some stuff i've got Okay. Oh sure, absolutely. So, like, okay, yeah, I'll do, I'll do. Okay, here's. So, I, like I did with Bell, I followed that story emotionally mm. rather than intellectually. Obviously, intellectually, looking back on it, yeah, there's, 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 there's plot holes. But I looked at that film more emotionally, and as I told you, and in speakeasy already, uh, I very much was into the whole thing. I let I, mm -hmm. I I let my emotions run, be on my sleeve. You could easily read my emotions that entire time. This I I followed it in emotionally, and oh man, oh man, this this film certainly got me, because we see we we follow this little girl around, thinking is is she gonna be okay? Is somebody gonna come after her again? The whole nothing is scarier of like what could like what will happen to this child. I'm like, I really hope nothing bad, because again, the atmosphere is just like, anything could happen. And this man comes, and she's... She sees him before, because... No, yeah, they first meet in the town. And then, mm -hmm. uh, with the with the command or whatever, the, the, the platoon coming through. And then, he, I think, asks her her name or whatnot, or asks her about the, what the egg is. And then, she runs away. And walks around a bit more, and I think gets to the cathedral, if I recall, and then he comes back. And he starts following her. I'm like, this is not good. But then I also was like, okay, I hope there's a bond here. Especially when he offers to, a little moment of like, it's raining. And he offers to, you know, is come, come under my cloak. I know that sounds probably suggestive, but in the context of the movie, it makes sense. Where I just like, kind of come under uh, the cover as, as to be like, let me shield you. Gaining trust. And... The next few times we just see them, them bond. I'm just like, this is this is amazing. Are they going to go on a quest? They're going to meet somebody else. What are they doing? They go in this mausoleum. He got, this is kind of her other place to squat, I guess. I don't know because he's like, have you been here before? And she's like, nope. I also love the fact that we we have facial like nose, like like just like nope. Rather than saying anything, you know, silence is golden in a way. I love the the, the use of, of body language, and. We just see them bond, the fight, like like her resting on his shoulder, her falling asleep, and him just like staring, like the thousand yard stare at us, of just like nothing's getting to this child. And he keeps asking about the egg, and I'm like, there's going something more, mm -hmm. somewhere with this, and like he has the egg in his hands at some point. And then we get to the scene, she goes to sleep, uh, in this place, I guess this other like sanctuary of hers. We get this two minute forty second, allegedly two minute forty second pause, which you know is is a staple of of these abstract films of just holding on a shot. The only thing that's there is the is the fire, and it's about to die. The two things that made my like skin crawl and get that like tinge whatever on the back of my like neck slash like throughout my body where my body just was like when you when that like scare finally happens <laughs> uh, the first one is when she's alone earlier on in the film and she's looking into like this pond area this 
which we see kind of the ruins of a civilization around this wooded area. Oh, I love that. I'm like that's fascinating. Which is yeah, that's I was just like, what's what's going on here? What what like what what happened here? And we see these flashing lights, and she hears it as either silence or something, and like just bam, it comes out of nowhere, and that that got me. I was like, that was my first scare. The second scare, he takes the egg from her, puts it down, takes his cross, and smashes it. I'm like, oh, why? Trust completely broken. My heart sank. Uh, in it all the way. And she wakes up. The same way she woke up at the beginning of the movie. She looks down. I expect to see blood and guts. I see an empty egg. What that means, we'll get into. But we then cut away. We see her crying. We, we see her sobbing. We hear nothing. Cut to something else. We hear the scream. Hmm. The blood coloring scream. I still can hear that in my brain. That got me as well. That scared the daylights out of me. I was like, man, alive. What a good blood curdling scream. Mm. And I just realized that the, uh, it's curious that the ground of that theater that she's in is that same kind of checkerboard design that we see at the very start of the movie with yes. which the man is standing on as that uh, ship comes down. So that's interesting. It's like he was standing in the theater, which kind of is like that church, um, at least I think of it as church, like the stained glass, uh, like windows. Yes. For whatever reason, I always just associate that with churches. I don't really see that anywhere else, but. Uh, yeah, I guess uh, fancy stuff. And then like the creation myth he was telling. Yeah. Then yeah, basically the world floods again. And then we see everyone turn to stone. Like he said, happened initially. Just kind of combining that Sodom and Gomorrah story. That was, I think that was salt in that one. But Yes, it was salt. Combining the two. <laughs> yeah, where God destroyed the that that city, and it was up to, uh, it was up to who was it? Abram to go get his nephew Lot. Yeah, the two kind of God wiping out humanity myths, fucked up myths. <laughs> I was thinking of Jonah as well, just because of the because uh, of the fish. Except he gave them an ultimatum of sending Jonah there to be like repent, and I will not destroy the city. And they didn't. Well, they sorry, they did repent, and he did not destroy the city. Um. It's funny also, I thought the, 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 when we first see the men, I thought they also were statues, um, cause they weren't really moving. And then they like, mm. something summoned them, like the, the bell tower, the, the, the clock tower struck a certain time. We don't even see it by the way, but it's, it's there. And then they are off like instantly out of, out of hibernation. They just go, they, they, they immediately yeah. go time to go to work, time to go to work, time to go fishing, going for going fishing. And anyway, back to that scene. Yeah, just the the, the the look on her face, the the scream, like, oh, it, I understood it. Just the absolute like broken trust between her and the guy. I was like, we had something going here. Like there was a connection, there was a there was a bond, there was a relationship forming. And you just had to go and break the egg. And then she runs. And runs towards him as he's leaving the mausoleum and going heading towards the woods. And then she falls. Falls down. I'm like, oh no. And falls in the water. Oh man, yeah. <laughs> like I said, I had three modes this entire movie. Emotional, intellectual, and philosophical. All working at once. That's the best way to go for surrealist flicks. Yeah, a lot of them I feel like are more 
about what you feel emotionally than necessarily what's happening in terms of plot or that kind of thing. So that's awesome that you're so primed for it. <laughs> in, a, in a way, there is a story. If you look at it like an emotional one, if, if, you, if you can like buy it. If you go with it, there's an emotional story of heartbreak and or of trust being broken. And yeah, that certainly that certainly got me. So that was uh, was kind of like the big thing I wanted to talk about of just like what I was scared of and the emotional story that was that I was following at least. Yeah, and it's it's I'm I'm shocked that you could remember that ending so so in detail without watching in the background because I just I fast forward to where you were talking about, was just playing as you're going. So <laughs> I was like, damn, how's he remembering this so well? Ah, it's just like again, it was, it was so <laughs> provocative to me in mm -hmm. a way. Yeah, no, like I said, I want to watch this again. Do you think you're ready for the uh, for the final thoughts section, or you still have a little bit more? I think so. I think so. Go ahead. I've uh, I've talked enough. <laughs> yeah, sure. I guess uh, you first, Michaela, because I I think you're the most uh, not feeling it necessarily. So <laughs> we'll say we'll go in order. Cause, no, yeah. No, no, no. Okay. Not <laughs> saying I wasn't feeling it was would would be would be a misprint of of how I feel towards it. Oh. I think I, I fell into the trap of like hearing about this film through other pieces of media. And I so clearly see that this film has influenced other pieces of media. But in like that weird, like young kid way of being like, oh, this thing is actually like this thing. But like it's it's the other way around, you know. So yeah. th I think that's where my pitfall comes from, because I want to talk about other pieces of media. And I want to talk about like how this piece of media is so clearly shown in like like in a lot of media that I consume, but I can't do that because I'm like, oh no, this is the source material, and it's cool. Uh, I just <laughs> I just can't do it without referencing other media, and I, I feel like a little bit uh, a little bit of a jackass doing so. So, I guess with my thoughts on the film, hauntingly beautiful, um, and I think it's great, especially because like I'm pretty sure this was pretty. Like low budget, I'm not sure, but like the like, mm -hmm. it's like very simple, very slow, very beautiful, very well compositioned, um, and the atmosphere it's dripping in atmosphere. Um, I would definitely watch it like a third time and maybe watch it with someone else just to kind of like, really kind of soak it in. Um, but would I watch it again by myself? I am not 100% sure. I think it's beautiful and a classic. I think I've watched it. I think I've ticked it off the list. Mm. Yeah, and you saying, you kind of reminded me about how we mentioned earlier that this is one of those movies that you need to see in a, or that would be better suited to be seen in a theater. Mm -hmm. But sadly, because it was so low budget, it was an OVA, so it was straight to video, never made it to theaters. Very sad. Hopefully the Rio one day will show it, but... <laughs> one day. But for me, yeah, I definitely super duper like this one. Um, when I first saw it, I liked it, but... I felt so kind of frustrated by the fact that I was missing so much that it just kind of put me off a little bit. But this viewing, I feel like I got a little bit more out of it, and this conversation, I feel like, helped a little bit more too. So, but definitely one of the more abstract uh, animes that I've ever seen. It's super duper kind of out in its own surrealist world, which I definitely appreciate, but sometimes I find it frustrating when I watch these movies, movies multiple times and still feel so lost, so... <laughs> But thanks, Isaac. I feel like you definitely helped me. Uh, you know, you're so impassioned about it, so it brought some more uh, passion for me, too. So thanks for that. Hey, you're <laughs> welcome, bud. Like I said, I was going to watch it eventually one day. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> shall I give my final thoughts, I guess? 
Yes. Absolutely. Please watch this film. <laughs> um, for anybody, you know, not on, on the fence about it. Um, where can you watch this film? YouTube. About that. <laughs> um, because it bombed at the box office, it was released at as a movie, and then it was released in OVA. Oh. You would have to buy... There's no English dub for this. Um, I don't remember when the last time it was released. Right, I mean, like, on, on, on Blu-ray, excuse me. Okay. It was released, but... 2014, I think, was the last time it got a release or something like that. Oh, okay. Nice. Well, maybe. Um, Anchor Bay Entertainment used to have it, but no longer. Um, this is easily found on YouTube, but mm-hmm. I would highly uh, recommend this. There's also another film about it. Did you hear about this, Caleb? About um, a certain uh, Robotech... Uh, isms that happened with this. What? <laughs> Explain this. What? So there was a. There's apparently a. Um, if you're here of, uh, let's see, Carl Cole. Pater Paters Pater. I don't know. I don't know how does it. Never he's a Roger know. Corman. Pro, yeah, he's a Roger Cor- Corman protege. Oh no. Um, he <laughs> made a. He made a film, back in what was it? 1987. It was called In the Aftermath. Oh, I have heard of this. Yes, Arrow released it not yes. too long ago. Yes, they they did. <laughs> they, they they did. It was like 2019, apparently. Oh, I forgot all about the, this. I, <laughs> yep. <laughs> so what he did, he made his directorial debut, this Carl Fellow. Um, <sighs> he made a live action film, actual like footage shot in America, apparently. About... Okay, here's the, here's the promise. In a radiation-soaked wasteland, two surviving soldiers, Frank and Goose, s- search for essential supplies amid the rubble. After a violent confrontation, Frank is haunted by visions of an angelic young girl holding a giant egg, herself a refuge from another world altogether. Could the egg be the key to saving both their worlds? So it's basically a very strange... <laughs> I don't think I've seen this ever because Disney, when they do, when they used to do this with like traditional 2G hand-drawn animation, like like I know it's not Disney, but like Who Who Framed Roger Rabbit or like Peach Dragon. I mentioned Song of the South. I'm not saying that's great. I'm just saying Song of the South did this. Um, I'm trying to think of other ones that did this. Bed knocks and broomsticks. Uh, Mary Poppins. Excuse me, I completely forgot about Mary Poppins. Um, Th- those films when they do it they don't have the they don't, they don't have like animated trees or anything unless that's the point it's usually live action with animation in it this was full on anim- like like live action films or live action scenes with the anime spliced in there mm-hmm. yeah just like Yui Bull did with House of the Dead <laughs> oh no Oh, just no. splice in pieces of the video game into his feature film. <laughs> oh no! Act. Complete fucking. So hack. I might find this. Yeah, I remember I almost bought this. I was so tempted when Arrow, when it was being in like the pre-order stage, I was like, "Oh, what's this new movie?" Because I always check out the new Arrow releases. When I looked into it, I was like, "Okay, that sounds just terrible." So I did, I didn't pre-order it, but <laughs> I was definitely curious. Did you not know it was in? Did you know about Angel's Egg being in there? I did at the time. Yes, I just completely forgot about it. <laughs> I actually want to like look look this. I want to try to buy this. 
and see if like uh, what it, what it's like. Yeah, I think the I think the Blu-ray is still out there. <laughs> I'm very curious to see what it it's most like. likely is. But like, yeah, man, alive. I wanna I wanna try this. Uh, I I wanna I wanna see what this is like. Maybe I'll talk about it in a uh, speakeasy one of these days or later on. <laughs> sure, line, but sure. <laughs> but good. there's another there's another. Um, there was something else, and it was, it was so funny. It was, it was so funny, I told you. When I watched this movie, I was like, there's something about this film that's making me, like, there's familiarity with this. And it was the designs. I was like, what does this remind me of? I'm all of a sudden getting feelings of Final Fantasy here. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what is going on here? I'm also experiencing something Vampire Hunter D-esque. Same <laughs> years, funny enough. Turns out the great oh, yeah. Yoshitaka Amano did both the story and, of course, the original, uh, the concept, the, the, the character designs, and the art direction. And he is a man, oh, an absolute artiste, man who did the first six Final Fantasy um, covers back in the day for the original releases of those. And then has done all the covers, I think, for Vampire Hunter D, the books. Um, going back to our bud there. And then also did some Sandman stuff. So this man has oh, been yeah. working. This man has this man is a workaholic. <laughs> great man himself. So I was like, ah, that's why. I was right. He is in this film. So this is also this is also par- partially his passion project as well. Maybe not pa- I don't know project but this is also part of his project as well so Oshi doesn't get all the credit let's put it that way could also be yeah uh Amano as well can definitely see the, the influence visually speaking absolutely indeed so I was very very excited about that I'm like I'm, I'm very happy um that that was the case yeah definitely a great melding and yeah I made a super cool movie really enjoyed it and um I'm looking forward to getting to our next uh strange animations film uh Camera, what our th- third one's supposed to be? Oh, a scanner darkly. That's it. <laughs> or a scanner darkly. It's what? Uh, a scanner darkly. Have you heard of that one? Oh, no, never. Yeah, Richard Linklater film based on a Philip K. Dick <laughs> Richard Linklater. Nice. Oh yeah, that one, right? I'm actually almost finished that book, Isaac. I didn't tell you, but I decided to read it once I made this list. Oh, nice. Okay, nice. So That's yeah, fun. I've got like maybe like 150 pages left. So Ayo. I'll definitely have that bit of backing when we do the movie so and i've loved the book it's been super duper fun so i've I've, i'm very happy to have finally read it i used to watch a scanner darkly a lot when i was younger when it first came out i was always curious about reading the book so it was a great excuse oh but uh thank you mikhail for for coming on for this one happy to have you on again thank you isaac i'm very happy that you enjoyed this Uh, this one i wanted to show you for a while pleasure as always sir and ma'am thank you for talking about this film yeah and it's funny some of these i'm like Every now and again, I pull out a movie where I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to say about this one necessarily, but I really want Isaac to see it. And sometimes I know the only way to get Isaac to watch movies is to cover it on the podcast. So Okay, fair point. <laughs> I'm so happy that this worked out well. Because, <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely super happy to hear that you enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean, I've I've watched, I, like I said, I've consumed most of, not Oshi's stuff. I mean, you've, you've gotten some of his more modern stuff, whereas I, you know, prefer anything pre 21st century that's not true there's still good stuff in the 21st century but i don't know just the hand crawlers literally it's just great i want to see that don't get me wrong i want i do want to see that at some point um but yeah i've seen i've seen both pat labor films and he apparently wrote 
probably co-wrote, but did wrote a lot bunch of like the first season of Ghost in the Shell standalone complex. So I'm like, ah, mm. okay, no wonder I like this. And of course, I also watched Ghost in the Shell, and that left an impact on me. So going back to this was like, and also, don't worry, guys, I didn't have an existential crisis this time. I, uh, <laughs> came out thinking of stuff, but it ne- didn't like make me question reality, especially the line of like, what if you and I are just a memory and it's only raining outside? Like, that would have broken me. Like if I if I was younger, but as a man who already saw Ghost in the Shell, ninety five, um, and has gone through that, it's like I I, I know better. Yeah, and it's, it is interesting to think that yeah, when you watched Ghost in the Shell, you were still religious, and then coming to this one now, yes, it's kind of funny, and now it's I can almost it's almost like in a way because I'm very because of my confusion and or my how how would I put this. Uh, with my crisis of faith or whatnot, or my my, my w- am I am I not still with faith? Uh, I potentially this film speaks to me. Ah, mm. see. Anyway. Nice. Yeah. By the way, you're the only person that I've heard say Pat Labor instead of Pat Pat Labor. <laughs> like the only <laughs> one. Have you watched those films before, or any of that stuff? I, I kind of forgot they were OCE things as well, even though those are the things he's most well known for. That's true. Well, thanks a lot again, both you guys. I, I hope you enjoyed this, uh, this this podcast, and hopefully I'll talk to you both again sometime soon. And any last words uh, from either of you, but particularly Isaac, because <laughs> of your little ending things that you do. <laughs> I have a quote from my second favorite, third favorite, Okay, one of my top five favorite Cowboy Bebop songs, Walk in the Rain. Till next time. next time <laughs> i thought that was the the title i thought you're gonna get to the quote then you're like that's it <laughs> so, no <laughs> no he literally he literally screams like he just says walk in the rain walk in the rain walk in the rain. i walk in the rain in the rain in the rain in the rain why do i feel so alone um is it here that i belong hey caleb this movie uh was this movie as blue as aliens the abyss wicked city and the fog <laughs> Yeah, I'm trying to think of another one to add. Uh, uh, Resident Evil, a little bit of blue, but yeah, definitely more Resident blue. Evil, there's a little bit of blue that, not as much blue, but there's still there's enough blue in there for us to put in our, our, our contenders list. Yeah, maybe we have to add this yeah, to the list.
Every time we say it, I have to add Angel's Egg. We gotta, we gotta make a, we gotta make a movie. No, we gotta make a retrospective where it's just like films that are as blue or more blue than Aliens. Uh, well, that's that's, that's a shirt. Uh, this shirt is more blue than Aliens, Wicked City, uh, The Abyss, The Fog, and some of Frozen Evil. You have to go back to Andy Warhol's uh, Blue Movie, one of the first pornos that was. Uh... Ooh, that's not a bad idea. I guess we could do that but anyway. 